This is episode number 230, Self-Talk for Performance, with me. Welcome to the Sonia Looney Show. This is a podcast about how to live a high-performance life, spanning the categories of mindset, plant-based nutrition, and inspiring stories to help you be better every day. I am so incredibly stoked that you are here hanging out with me today. And today I talk about one of my very favorite subjects, self-talk for performance. I hope you guys are doing awesome and I'm doing pretty good. I've been trying to do some new things. And one of those things is adding in trail running into my mountain bike regime. It's something I've been wanting to do for a long time. And I was a runner before I was a cyclist a long time ago. And when I interviewed David Roach a couple of years ago in his book, The Happy Runner, I thought someday I really want that guy to coach me. And he and I have become friends since then. And if you have been listening to the show and you're a subscriber, don't forget to hit the subscribe button, guys. I had David and his wife, Megan, on the podcast of Swap Running just a few weeks ago. And I thought, you know what? There is no time like the present. So he is now my coach. And I haven't had a coach in a very long time. And it's been really awesome so far. There's a lot of learning on my part or more like just my body adapting to running and cycling and Doing more, quote, multi-sport training has been refreshing and really fun. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to tell your friends about it. And we always super appreciate it whenever you screenshot the show and share it with your friends on social media. It means so much to me whenever I hear from you guys just telling me if you liked a guest or a topic. And I just really appreciate it when you guys take the time to do that. So thank you so, so much. If you are not on my newsletter, it comes out every single Sunday. I put a lot of thought and work into it. Then you're missing out. Go to sonyalooney.com slash newsletter to get on the list. And now let's get into today's podcast episode. Self-talk for performance is like the secret weapon you didn't know you had. Your body only gets you so far. And a lot of time it's your mind that gets you to the finish line. My life and career as a cyclist and also my academic career have been a masterclass in self-talk, in learning all about it, becoming more or less an expert in this topic, and being able to train myself so that I can show up and have fun at races and also have resilience and grit and optimism to get me to the line. I've raced in places like the Himalaya and the Sahara Desert and jungles in Sri Lanka and all over the world, choosing to find the hardest races that I can, especially multi-day stage races, so that I can put myself in situations where I have to practice this. And it's been so awesome because the biggest question people ask me is how I am always so positive and how mentally I get through these events. So I'm really excited to bring this episode to you today. If you're challenging yourself, there is no doubt that there's been moments of wanting to quit. Heck, I've even been winning races and wanted to quit. And maybe you actually have quit a time or two. Self-talk in sports is a common thread, but working on your self-talk for anything in your life is the key to optimism, resilience, and even equanimity. I like to say the most powerful voice in the world is the one inside your own head, and it's the only voice that is with you your entire life. This podcast is actually a talk I gave for the Trans Rockies virtual training camp back in December. It's also with great excitement that I'm announcing 
that enrollments for my brand new Moxie and Grit Mindset Academy are now open. That's right. Today is the day that I am launching this. I have worked really hard for the last six months to put it together. And it is over five years, maybe even over 10 years of research that I'm bringing it to you. You can find it at moxieandgrit.com. And you can also find it on my website, sonyalooney.com and in the show notes. The course is all about training mental toughness and the skills you need to be your best on race day and beyond. And you don't even have to be a racer for these skills to be able to go into practice immediately for you. The course has four main modules, goals and habits, motivation and mindset, self-talk and optimism, and race day confidence. And I've taken the wisdom of my podcast guests over the years, many, many books and research I've read by PhDs and experts over the last six to 10 years, and my own real world experience to bring to you an actionable, engaging course. Also included with the course is a digital workbook where I've taken some key lessons from positive psychology and productivity to help you move forward to build confidence, grit, and set goals based on identity and process. I haven't seen any other journal like this or workbook like this out there yet, and I've spent a lot of time going through lots of different workbooks and journals so that I could come up with something truly unique. You can find the Mindset Academy at moxieandgrit.com and at sonyalooney.com on the main menu where it says Moxie and Grit. I am so excited to share this with you guys. It really means so much to me that I got to do this. And I know that it's going to bring so much value. There is no better way to invest your money than investing in yourself. And I've done that time and time again, and it always pays off. So back to today's podcast. It's a chip off the iceberg from the topic of self-talk for performance in my course. And today I give an overview to some of the topics, things like defining self-talk, different types of self-talk, how to make your self-talk more effective, changing your explanatory style and some powerful mantras. And from there, it is pretty fun. There are some questions that some people have asked that I answered, and I just can't wait to share this with you. I also have written a blog post about self-talk. If you go to my website, sonyalooney.com slash blog, and you'll be able to find all of that there. And I'll also be sending it out in my newsletter, which you can get at sonyalooney.com slash newsletter. All right, friends, let's get into it. Here is my talk for the Trans Rockies virtual training camp on self-talk. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for coming and... Thank you for agreeing to meet a little bit later tonight. I have a baby and he's nine months old, so it's been pretty awesome and also a great opportunity to practice self-talk as a parent. So yeah, I wanted to give a talk about how we can work on our self-talk for race day and leading up to race day. And we all spend time training our bodies for events, but a lot of times we don't actually spend the time to train our mind for events. So I think that there's a lot of a lot of things to be said about self-talk. And I like to say that when the going gets tough, it's actually your mind that gets you to the finish line. And here are a few fun pictures from some of the events that I've done over the years. I've been racing since 2003 and I've been doing stage racing since 2010. And I've made it I made it my goal in 2010 to take on the world's hardest races and get the most experience I could as a stage racer. So I've raced my bike in places like Nepal. And that picture in the upper left is actually at about 15,000 feet of elevation. That's a 10 day race in Nepal. I've, I've raced in the Sahara desert. That's me walking my bike through sand dunes in the Sahara desert. I've raced in all weather conditions. 
So the practice of what you say to yourself has been incredibly important over the years to make sure that not only do I get to the finish line and I'm performing at my best, but that I can look back and say, yeah, like I actually had a good time doing it because that's why we do this. And this is one of my favorite things to say is a lot of times we think the most powerful voice is going to be something external, something someone says to us, but truly the most powerful voice in the world is the one inside your own head. And it's the only voice that is with you your entire life. And you might hear lots of voices inside of your head, (laughs) but the things that you say to yourself just really, really matter. And sometimes it's hard to be aware of the things that we're saying to ourselves. And sometimes we haven't even paid attention to the things that we're saying to ourselves. And it's really hard sometimes to actually control that voice because it can be very critical. It can instill us with self-doubt. It can make us want to give up, but it can also do lots of positive things if you train it. You can do amazing things whenever you have a credible, positive self-talk. You can make yourself or push yourself past what you ever thought you could imagine. And you can also turn difficult situations into ones that are really fun. And we're going to get into that in a little bit, but sometimes everybody around you is complaining and not having fun or everybody is really tired. And it doesn't mean that you don't feel tired too or that it's not hard for you too. But the way that you choose to interpret what's happening around you can make a dramatic difference in your experience. So self-talk really has two elements. It's what am I saying to myself and building awareness around what I'm saying to myself. And then the second question is what insight can I gain from my self-talk? And as I mentioned, learning how to be aware of your self-talk can be really hard sometimes, especially when you're in the thick of it, whenever things get really, really intense. And then being able to train self-talk is a skill. It's a tool. It's something that we have to work on our entire lives. And it's not just about not like not feeling emotions. It's not about ignoring everything. It's about sitting with the difficult emotions And then figuring out how you want to interpret those and how you want to change them or reframe them so that they can be productive for you. So negative self-talk, I'm sure everybody has said these things to themselves at one point or another. And oftentimes the biggest critic is ourselves. Like I know that the things I say to myself sometimes, I would never say to somebody that I care about or or anybody. And I'm sure we've all had these thoughts. I suck. I'm slow. I'm not good enough. I can't do it. I'm going to crash. And you can even have these thoughts when things are going well. Like I've been winning races before thinking to myself, I want to quit. This hurts so bad. I, you know, I have everything to lose now. Like you could get yourself down that path really, really easily. And another level of negative self-talk is whenever you start personalizing things that happen. So whenever you fail at something, you start saying, I am a failure. Or if you lost a race, it sounds extreme to say I am a loser, but that's the personalization of losing. I am a failure. I'm a loser. And whenever you start personalizing that, it makes it incredibly toxic. So if something goes wrong and you made a mistake, you're, you're not somebody that always makes mistakes. You're just somebody that had this happen one time. So it's a local incident, not a permanent incident. And if you start paying attention to the things that you say to yourself, you can write them down. You can do a meditation or a mindfulness practice to start paying attention just so you're aware of what you're saying to yourself. And if you notice that you are somebody that says, I am a failure whenever things are going wrong, then you have a little bit of work to do. And if you say words like always, I always screw up, I'm always finishing in the back, I always am failing at my workouts, 
that probably is an over-dramatization of what's actually happening, but sometimes it can really feel that way. I know that for me, you know, I try and do a lot of things in a day. I try and, you know, run a business and I try and be a professional athlete and I try to be a mom and a wife. And there are days where it just feels like everything is going wrong. And I'll feel myself get into that rut of negative self-talk saying, oh man, like I can't do this. I suck. I'm struggling. But then I stop myself. I, I become aware that I'm actually doing that. And then I say, no, 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 no. This is just today or this is just this month and it's not permanent. And realizing that the things that could happen are not permanent things is another way to get you to the finish line when all else fails. So yeah, sometimes you try all the tools that we're going to talk about and it still isn't working. And whenever that happens, I remind myself that, yeah, like it might be really hard right now, but whenever this, if I, when I get to that finish line, I'm going to look back at this and it's going to feel like nothing actually happened. Positive self-talk on the other hand is saying things to yourself like, I'm strong, I did my best, I'm improving, and and it's okay, and I'm proud of my effort. And focusing on improvement and being proud of your effort is something that kind of takes time. And I know for myself as a recovering perfectionist and somebody that has big goals and can be a little bit too focused on the outcome at times, it's important to remember that the things that actually matter at the end of the day are that you are improving and that you are proud of your effort because... You can't control what other people are going to be doing. You can't control what the finish is going to be. You can't control if something goes wrong like with your bike. So being able to focus on being proud of how you showed up that day and doing your best is a really big part of positive self-talk because if the outcome piece doesn't start working out the way that you wanted it to, it's easy for this negative voice to start taking over and start saying all these things to you. So if you can be focused on one small thing I'm doing well right now, or one small thing I can be proud of right now, that can be really, really helpful. And on race day in particular, sometimes you show up and your legs don't feel good. It happens, it happens to the best of us. Or sometimes you make a mistake, you go out too hard or you get lost or you know something happens. And it doesn't have to be the end of a good day. What it can be is an opportunity to work on something else. So I know that for me on days when I show up to a race and I'm not feeling my best, I'll focus on being the best technical rider I can that day or being the best at cornering that day or being able to connect with people around me or like if, if there are spectators, cheering for the spectators or trying to build community and rapport with the people racing around me. So being able to look inwards whenever things aren't going well and say, where can I feel good? Like, what can I do to make today something that's going to be beneficial for me, even if it's not going perfectly? And another really interesting thing is some days they are going really, really well. And some days they are going perfectly. And these types of things that you say to yourself, I'm strong, I'm doing my best. Those can amp you up even more and make you get even more out of yourself than you ever could have thought. And I mentioned non-identification and whenever you have positive self-talk, if you have a failure, you could just say, hey, I, I failed this one time or I'm messing up lately, but I'm going to be able to diagnose this problem and I'm going to work on it so that I can get better. And this is not a permanent thing. It's not a fixed thing. I like this quote from my dad and my dad used to drive me crazy whenever I was a teenager because he would say things to me like, your attitude is important. And you know, this is a quote he would always say to me. I'd say, I can't do it, dad. And he'd say, no, 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 you can do it. 
it's not can't, it's won't. You won't do it. So whenever I would say I can't do something, he would make me rephrase it and say, I won't do it. And I think that this is a really important part of self-talk because when you're telling yourself that you can't do something, sure, there might be a, a few different circumstances where you actually can't do something, like I can't fly. But a lot of times when we tell ourselves we can't do something, I can't get on my bike today, I can't do this interval workout, I can't ride over this rock, it's I won't do this today. And it might not be the right day to actually do it. Like if you're tired, I'm not saying that you shouldn't take a rest day. And I'm not saying that you should do a technical feature that is too hard for you. But if you're choosing not to do the work and you're choosing to build a glass ceiling over your head and set limits and say, I can't do it, then you need to look at the reasons why you're saying I can't do it. So this is a really powerful thing that you can say to yourself if you find yourself saying, I can't do it. So one of the biggest things about building confidence is about building credible self-talk. And Michael Gervais is a high performance psychologist, and I really, really look up to him and love his work. And he says, confidence comes from what you say to yourself. And this is just so incredibly true and such a great point, because if you're saying things to yourself that tear you down, that's not going to put you in a place to be confident. But it's important that the self-talk is credible because if you're making up all this stuff like that you've never actually done before, you actually don't believe it deep down. And the thing with fake it till you make it, you hear people say, oh, well, it works if you say I'm going to fake it till I make it. The only time that that actually kind of works is if you're using like body language of, of somebody like say I want to be, you know, I want to feel confident like my competitor. So I'm going to stand up straight and I'm going to do these physical cues. And that actually could change how you feel about yourself. But faking it isn't doesn't mean that you should just think that you can do all these things that you've never done before without any evidence that you've done so. So being able to build credible self-talk is something that is we can work on. And if we are struggling with confidence, if we're saying, gosh, like, or maybe you used to be confident and now you're not. Like, I know that right now I'm struggling a little bit with confidence because most of us didn't get to race our bikes this year. Most of us don't know where we're at because we just haven't been able to do it. So to build credible self-talk, you have to write down things on a daily basis that went well, like picking three things that went well throughout your day. That gives you the insight to say, yeah, like I'm moving in the right direction. I'm doing the right things. And things that you've been successful in the past at doing, like maybe you've never done a stage race before. Maybe Trans Rockies is your very first stage race, but you've done a three-day training block that you were able to finish, or you've done a long one-day race, or maybe you just are an incredibly gritty person and you have examples of that in your life. And focusing on those things are what builds your confidence. So whenever you feel shaken, you know that that's in there. And whenever you line up on race day, you can say, yeah, I've done this before. An example of this for me was before I started bike racing. Um, I started bike racing when I was 20, but I decided I wanted to run a marathon when I was 18. So I started training for the marathon. Well, where did the audacity to do a marathon come from? Well, I've been an athlete my whole life. So I said, well, I've played tennis before so there, and I played tennis for years. So therefore, I think I can run a marathon. And I ran, the, I ran this marathon. And then two years later, these guys invited me to go mountain biking. And that's how I got into mountain biking. I just would go to spin class at the gym and they, they invited me to go and I said, okay, I'll go. And then two weeks later, they said, you should do a race. And I said, well, I, I've never done a mountain bike race before. I don't know anything about mountain biking. But then I thought, 
well, what am I afraid of? And I said, well, I've done a marathon before, so now I can do a mountain bike race. So that is going back and, and looking at the things that I've done in the past to build credibility in myself so that whenever I say to myself, I can do this, I can do hard things, I know that it's true. And the more you do, the more you believe you can do. And that's why we love challenges. That's why we love multi-day races. It's just amazing the things that you realize that you're capable of when you put yourself outside your comfort zone and you just start trying and you just start paying attention to all these things that are happening. And every single time you overcome that feeling of wanting to quit or overcome that feeling of, oh gosh, I just, I'm not really sure what's going to happen. I don't know if I can do it. It's just amazing how you can build that up. And focusing on the wins, no matter how small they are, is really important because sometimes you have lost all of your confidence and sometimes you you feel like, or maybe you've never done anything in that area before. And that's where that daily win practice really matters. And some of you have probably heard of a gratitude practice. And that's where you write down three things or, or talk about three things every single day that went well that you're that you're thankful for. And the reason why that works is I'll do an exercise with you. Okay, everybody, like, Look for the color blue in the room that you're in. Look for, look around. Um, I see the blue on my screen. I see a blue light flashing. I see a blue cloth, a blue water bottle. And you start looking around. And now if you left and went in the other room and maybe even for the rest of the night, you'll start noticing blue everywhere because you chose to focus on it for a short period of time. And that's why gratitude practices work because you start looking all day long for things that you're thankful for And then that just becomes what you look for, like looking for the color blue. And the same thing works with building confidence and looking for small daily wins and looking for things that went well instead of all the things that are not going well. And once you start training yourself every day, you know that you're going to write down some wins that went well. Now it's going to become easier each day as you progress to say, yeah, like I am capable of doing things. I am building my confidence because I can see that yesterday I did something well. And the day before that, I did something well. And then on the days where you feel really shaken, you can go back to that journal and you can see all the things that you've done, all the work that you've put in, and you can be proud of that effort. So there are a couple of different types of self-talk. There are moti- There's motivational self-talk and instructional self-talk. And motivational self-talk works the best for mental toughness so that you can stay in it, like stay in going hard, stay in it whenever you're cold or whatever the, the thing may be. And it's saying things like, I did like you deserve to be here. Like you did the work. You got this. And it and science shows it boosts mood and it reduces anxiety. And the amazing thing about motivational self-talk is it does reduce your rate of perceived exertion. And it's pretty interesting that like if you're interested in learning more, I would look up Samuel Marcora's work and he has a lot of free papers that you can read about motivational self-talk and yes. It's called the the psychobiological model. Um, And there's also instructional self-talk. So it's learning skills. So so it's like if you're going to ride through a corner, you're going to tell yourself what you need to do to get through that corner. I need to break or set my speed before the corner. I need to have bike body separation, lean my bike, look through the corner, not at the apex. Like that is instructional self-talk for a skill. And it helps you prevent making mistakes. Or maybe it's at the start. Maybe everybody's going crazy at the start, which is often what happens in races. And you say to yourself, okay, I need to control my breathing or my heart rate, or I know what what pace I can ride for this period of time. I'm going to give myself these instructions and I'm going to follow them so that I don't go out too hard. 
So those are two ways to have self-talk. Motivational is the best way if you're trying to get amped up and to feel, quote, good whenever you're in the thick of it, or at least feel resilient in the thick of it. And the instructional self-talk helps you if you're starting to struggle with technical writing or even just with strategy. And sometimes, again, like that negative voice can pop in. Maybe you're getting dropped at the start and you start saying to yourself, gosh, like maybe I didn't do the right training or everybody's so much better than me or, you know, this is dangerous. Like you can be starting to focus on those things or you can go back to both motivational and instructional self-talk in that moment. And you could say, no, like I I did the work, like I'm going to like I deserve to be here and I know exactly what I need to do in order to get myself to the finish line on day six, not on day one. Now, I switch a little bit back and forth between the words you and I, and there isn't a ton of research on using you or I, but there are some studies showing that using you got this versus I got this, or you can do it versus I can do it, is more effective whenever there's self-regulation involved. So self-regulation being like in an endurance sport, I'm going to push myself to go a certain pace, or I'm going to push myself to pass this person. That involves more self-regulation. So if you are trying to work on some things to say to yourself, I recommend actually, we're going to talk about mantras in a minute, but actually writing some stuff down because it might sound stupid, but actually it really helps. Like as a, and and I talked about being a new mom earlier in this talk and I wrote down something for my husband actually. And it said, you got this because he was having a hard week and I left it on the counter. And then I noticed that in the weeks following, it was still on the counter And I would be having a hard day and I would see that. And I'd be like, yeah, you got this. And I tried switching back and forth saying you or I. And that actually was really helpful to because it it showed me that saying you was a lot better than saying I. And in the research here, the reason why it says you should use you over I is that it helps distance yourself a little bit from the thing that you're doing. And then it makes it a little bit easier for you to believe what you're saying. Our thoughts create our reality and our thoughts create our experiences. And the words, I I love this quote, but like the things that we say to ourselves truly create our reality. And it's in positive psychology, it's called your explanatory style. And the positive psychologist, this guy is like the godfather of positive psychology. This field of psychology came up in the 90s, but his name is Martin Seligman. And it's how you tell a story to yourself. So There is any number of ways or things that could happen. And then we choose to create a story around it. And a prime example, you saw that picture of me in the very beginning of this slideshow. It was me with my face all muddy. And that was in Spain a few years back at the Andalusia stage race. And that race is supposed to be a sunny, you know, break from the winter. People can go and enjoy nice weather and work on their tan lines and whatever. And it rained the entire time. And they actually ended up canceling half of the race because the weather was so bad. And it was so interesting to see people's reactions to the weather and the things that they were saying to themselves about the weather. And mountain biking, you know, mountain biking can get intense when the weather goes awry. If it snows, if it's wet, if it's cold, or if it's too hot, you can start saying all these things about the weather to yourself. So An example about changing your explanatory style is what you could walk outside and be like, oh my gosh, it's raining. I hate the rain. It's going to be slippery on the trail. I'm going to get cold. This sucks. I didn't sign up for this. I came here because I wanted nice weather. Well, that's not going to set you up for peak performance that day. And 
you're not going to be excited about the start line and chances are you're probably not going to perform very well. And there's also some really interesting research about if you feel have positive emotions in general, you're going to have better success in your life. And the book that I'll send you guys to for that is called The Happiness Advantage by Sean Acor. And that was the thing that got me going on all of this stuff in the mindset space is that book. And it was called The Happiness Advantage. But it's all about how doing things like this will make you more successful, not just in sport, but like in business and life. So you could go outside and see it raining. And you could say like, initially, you're probably still not very happy that it's raining. And it's not about ignoring that you're unhappy that it's raining. But you say, okay, like it's raining. Yeah, I'm not stoked that it's raining. But okay, like I got this or you got this and it's going to be awesome today. And I'm going to have an adventure today. And you can get like listen to music that gets you all pumped up and say, this is a great opportunity for me to get better in these conditions. And I've done my work so that I can be more aware of the things that I'm saying. And I, I've practiced in my training that, you know, when things start going wrong, I know that I can change what I say to myself and make it better. So changing your explanatory style about things like the weather, about things like getting lost. And I don't mean to sound negative about racing, but these things are when negative self-talk typically starts entering our mind and starts making us choke. And the car accident example is not related to bike racing, but it's another great example of explanatory style. So say you got in a car accident and you broke your arm and you could say things like, oh my gosh, I'm so unlucky I got in a car accident. You know, the idiot driver, blah, blah, blah. I can't believe I broke my arm. Or you could say, wow, like it could have been so much worse. I I only broke my arm. It's only going to take six weeks to heal or someone could have died. So there's a lot of different ways you can describe to yourself what's happening around you. And it's, it's a practice. It's something you have to front load before race day. So whenever you're doing your workouts, whenever you're going throughout your day and things are happening all day long and you start becoming aware of the things that you're saying to yourself about the things that are happening all day long, you can realize that you do have a choice and it takes work if you're somebody that tends to trend toward the negative or trend toward the pessimism. That's okay, but you can actually rewire your brain. It's called neuroplasticity and it's an example would be whenever you go out in the snow, there's like a path that's already worn into the snow. And that is your neural pathway that's already been worn in, but you can also wear brake trail and wear in a new path and then start heading in that direction. So you can actually train your brain to work in a different way so that you can feel more positive. It gets easier to start saying these things to yourself on race day and every day. And the reason why I really wanted to learn about this stuff is because people would ask me, how are you so positive in your races? And I actually didn't know the answer because I'm somebody that tends to be more of an optimist, but it started with back in in high school with my dad training me to start saying things like, no, no, like I can do this. And if I'm choosing not to do it, why am I choosing not to do it? And always trying to figure out a way to make things work for me, even if it wasn't going the way that I wanted it to go. So the practice of positive self-talk is so important, not only for race day, but for life. And again, I mentioned it's something that you need to practice regularly. A few more like powerful examples with self-talk are saying things like, I get to do something instead of I have to do something. If you say I have to do something, it sounds like such a drag. And a lot of times, whenever you start saying I get to do something, it makes you realize that there are like really fun things associated with it or that it, there, there, it is a privilege. I'll use some examples. 
I have to take out the garbage. I have to take out the garbage. Okay, nobody likes taking out the garbage. I don't like taking out the garbage. But if I say that, I've been places in the world where people don't have garbage pickup. They have to burn their garbage. So it's a privilege to get to take out your garbage. I get to go to work. Wow, like some people don't have a job. Like you get to go to work. Like that's awesome. I get to do these intervals. And this is something that in particular I find really, really powerful because sometimes we don't want to do the intervals because it's hard and it hurts. And maybe you just want to lay on the couch and watch Netflix. But the work is the reward. Getting to do the work, getting to do the intervals, getting to show up. That is an incredible amount of, of privilege that you have because think about times you've been injured or you've been sick or like I was pregnant. I couldn't really do intervals. Getting to do intervals is so like you're so excited when you can finally do it again. But then it's easy to take it for granted. So saying I get to do this makes you realize that, yeah, like this is awesome that I get to do this. Another thing is whenever you can't do something at the moment, just add the word yet at the end. Because if you say I can't ride that drop, well, that makes it sound like you're never going to be able to ride the drop and it's not very empowering for you to try to get better. But if you say I can't ride that drop yet. I can't make it up that climb yet. Well, now you're giving yourself an opportunity to be able to do the work and get there and give yourself a chance so that you can actually try to get better. But if you just don't say that word yet at the end, it really makes you start thinking that you're not going to be able to do it ever. And a few more things are, what can I learn from this? So sometimes things don't go right. It happens. It's part of life. But instead of saying, you know, focusing on all the negative things that happened, you could say, well, what can I learn from this? And in the moment, it might be really annoying. You might not want to think about what I can learn from this. I might want to just feel like crap for a couple of days. But later, if you can ask yourself that, you'll start realizing that whenever things go wrong, it's okay. Like, it's not the end of the world. It doesn't mean that you enjoy it when things are going wrong, but it means that there is a great opportunity for you to look for opportunities in setbacks. And again, that is another practice (laughs) and it's not an easy one and it doesn't always work. But learning that setbacks are the path, they're not a diversion from the path. They are the path. And that is something that makes it not sting. It doesn't sting so bad when they happen, but it doesn't mean that you enjoy it. Another thing is asking if it's true. Like we'll start saying all these things to ourselves. Like I suck is a great example. I suck or I'm slow. And is it really true? It might not actually absolutely be true. It might just be true for that day. Now, mantras are really powerful. These things are incredibly important. And you might think like, oh, no, like this is too like rah-rah cheerleader. But mantras make a huge difference whenever things get hard. And you can pick ones that work for you. These are some of my favorite ones. The work is the reward is something that I just mentioned because a lot of times we are afraid of hard work. We'll say to ourselves, or you'll hear people saying, I don't want to do, you know, X, Y, Z, because that sounds like it's a lot of work. And since when did doing hard work become a problem? Like if you think about all the things that matter in your life, all the things that you've worked hard for, I guarantee you that you had to work hard for it. And that is why those things matter to you. So be excited about work. And as I mentioned, Getting to do the work is something that is pretty awesome. Being healthy, being, you know, strong, all those things. Uh, this one I actually just used a few days ago. 
it was in a trainer road workout and it has the trainer road workouts actually have like scrolling text that you can read. And this actually really resonated with me. The burn is your friend and it was burning. So I just kept saying, no, no, the burn is your friend. Another thing that my husband actually really likes is like when everybody, when he's hurting in a race, he's actually happy because he says, think about how everyone else is feeling. So that's his mantra whenever he's, he's struggling in a race or whenever it's hurting in a race. I mentioned you got this. You deserve to be here. For me, ride your own race is a really important mantra that I use, at the, especially at the start of a race, because I'm not a fast starter and everyone around me is going ballistic. And if I just remind myself to ride my own race, I just keep going back to that mantra and that helps me keep a lid on it. It helps me stay confident in what I'm doing. Another one is process over outcome. It is so easy to get stuck on the outcome. Outcomes like race time, race result, the amount of money you're making, like what people think about you, like those are all things that you cannot control, but you can absolutely control what your process is. You can control how you choose to set goals and how you show up every day. You can choose to some degree your attitude. So being able to focus on that is gonna build your motivation being able to focus on the process because the outcome, again, is something you can't control. You know, sometimes the outcome is awesome. Sometimes it's everything you ever dreamed of and more, but whenever it's not, you might start doubting yourself. So if you can really be focused on the work being the thing that matters the most to you and improvement and showing up and committing to that thing that you said you were going to do, that's going to help you stay motivated. And that's going to help you keep your self-talk and your motivation positive and keep going is another really simple one. And the last one that I didn't write on here is show up. And that was something that I use every single day in my pregnancy. I rode my mountain bike until the day before my son was born. And there were days I didn't want to get on my bike. There were days and I, and I knew that if I just showed up and committed to doing one minute, five minute, 10 minutes, that was so powerful because a lot of times with, with most things, even with creating this presentation for you guys, like it is hard to get started. And if you just tell yourself, okay, I'm just going to show up and just get started because you know that that's the hardest part and you can quit if it sucks and you don't want to do it anymore after a couple of minutes, that's most of the time that's going to help you with motivation because man, how many times have you sat there and your self-talk starts chiming in like, you should just do this or you can just skip it today. And that's not going to help you in the long run, because the more times you let yourself check out, hit snooze, opt out, that becomes too easy. It becomes too easy to quit. It becomes too easy not to get started. So if you can just tell yourself something um, like just show up or like overcome the activation energy, if you're um, a science nerd like me, just little things like that end up being the big things that really matter. And trying to be 1% better every single day is going to be better to play for playing the long game than trying to be like 100% better one day. And the things that you say to yourself around that also are incredibly powerful. Here's a quote from Desmond Tutu. He says, language is very powerful. Language does not just describe reality. Language creates the reality it describes. I'm sorry about the typo. Desmond Tutu. So I'm going to take some questions in a minute, but if you guys have been enjoying this, I actually have created a four module Moxie and Grit Mindset Academy that's free with Trans Rockies race entry. And there's also a pay version if you aren't signed up for the Trans Rockies. And I cover goal setting and habits. I cover motivation and mindset. I cover self-talk and optimism and also race day confidence. And we go into some of these things we talked in about today 
in far more detail. And then there's also way, way more content around this that is super cool, super like cutting edge research. And if you aren't interested in that, but you like some of the things that you've heard, I have a podcast and we talk about mindset. We talk about nutrition and I interview all these top performers in the world and get to see what they're doing, what they're saying to themselves and how they deal with challenges. And that's been really, really cool. So thanks so much for showing up, you guys. And I am so excited for next year. It's going to be an awesome year. I'm also excited just to finish off 2020 because while it's been a tough year, I think there's going to be a lot of really great takeaways and things that are going to make us even better moving forward. Perfect. Thank you for that, Sonia. That was great. Lots of information. You're right. It's, it is tough when you get into some of those situations to, to, to stay motivated. And yeah, you notice it a lot of times that you always have those moments where you don't feel like going out, but you know, you just have to talk yourself into, into going out. And as soon as you do that, you know, you get out there and after five minutes, you know, now all of a sudden you just feel great. It's always that age old one where it's like, you never regret a workout. So just getting out there on that bike is, or the run or whatever, whatever kind of exercise you're doing is it's always good to just get out there. Um, it's like cooking too. Like sometimes I just don't feel like cooking, but if I just, I'll just chop one thing and then it's like, okay, well maybe I'll just chop a little bit more or I don't want to do any core work. Okay. I'll do five. I'll do like 10 seconds of a plank or whatever. And it just makes it easier to just keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Every little, just get, just get that little motivation going. I had the first question for you. So yeah, anybody, if you have any questions, just throw them up in the chat now and, uh, and we'll get to them. I'm pretty sure Sonia has been asked pretty much everything in her past. So don't be shy. Ask away. I was just wondering, you know, like, so the, the whole self-motivation thing, do you use it in your personal life and it kind of intergrains with with your racing life as well like do you know like if you're not obviously you just had a baby so when you can't train that much do you still find yourself you know doing your three things positive thoughts during a day and stuff like that yeah that's a great question ryan and absolutely like you i need it even more now than i needed it in the past because sometimes it's hard to find you know positive things that happen in a day or it's hard to find things that went well whenever you know, you're comparing yourself to a previous version of you. And I think that's something that's important to say is that being realistic with how you're comparing yourself to like, number one, it's, it's hard when you're comparing yourself to others, but even comparing yourself to like a previous version of yourself, it needs to be a realistic version of yourself. If your inputs are different than they were before, comparing yourself to you at your very best when maybe you had more time and you had less stress and all these things like that's not a really fair comparison. So if you're going to compare yourself to a previous version of yourself, it needs to be a similar type of input or similar amount of inputs. That way you can give yourself a fair chance. Yeah, that makes sense. Another one is, so is there a difference between when you're trying to, to stay positive with yourself during like say a training session, if you're just, you know, out for a training day, as far as self-motivation talk compared to what a self-motivation talk during a race environment would be like, is it more, you got this during a race or is it more, you got this during a training session when you're trying to push yourself to ride that rock or, you know, that new drop or something like that? Honestly, I probably push myself harder in a training session than I do in a race because there's like if I end up blowing up or like going too hard or, you know, crashing or something like that, the consequences are lower. But what you practice on in your training is what you're going to get on race day. And 
I find that usually using, and this is in the course, but using visualization is something that is really helpful, especially now. I don't know if people are riding the trainer right now, but you can close your eyes when you're riding the trainer and not so much outside. And what I actually do is I actually close my eyes and I imagine every, I, I make it as real as I can me racing at my best, feeling good. And I listen to music and there are words in the songs. Like there's this song that I love by Sia and she says, I'm so confident I'm unstoppable. And I, I conjure up all of this so that I get a true feeling of what it's like on race day. And then I can bring that up on race day whenever I'm out there and I can get an extra gear from that. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, It's hard to constantly reinforce yourself and be positive with yourself, especially when you're feeling a little down on a training day or a race day. Yeah, um, so yeah, training, finding that. The training matters so, so much like that. You can't just start doing it on race day because like that's race day you need to, it'd be like just showing yeah. up for a race and never training on your bike like you got to train your mind in the same way yeah that makes sense we do have a question from kelly now she's just asking if you have any advice on how to snap back into focus or keep focus during a stage when the mind starts to wander due to the fatigue or just watching the butterflies go by yeah so I added the butterfly it's not always bad to i mean i don't actually think you should be focused on the fatigue per se but go back and focus to what you're doing right, like, or what you need to do to keep going. So number one, knowing that it's not going to be, especially in long races, you're not going to feel bad. Like you're not going to be in the dark spot the entire time in long races. It's normal to have good days and bad days. And especially in stage racing, it's normal to have good days and bad days. So number one, just like trying not to say negative things about yourself, like, Oh, how am I going to do tomorrow? Or how am I going to make it? You know, past the next thing. It's it's trying to be present in the moment as to what you're doing and go back to that. If the motivational self-talk part isn't working, go back to the instructional part. Like, how can I run more efficiently or pedal, you know, more efficiently on my bike or break it down into something even smaller that you can focus on so that it takes your mind off of the fatigue. And if that doesn't work, I actually do try to just start save a, a mantra I have for that is savor because whenever I get close to the end, I just want it to be over and I start wishing it away. So I try to pay attention to even like the butterflies flying around me or the sound of the dirt or, you know, all the of these other little things. And I also remind myself why I why am I here? And sometimes <laughs> it can be dangerous to ask yourself that on race day. <laughs> But saying, why am I here? I'm here because I want to push myself. And I'm glad that I feel fatigued because this is why I'm here. Like, this is the work. This is the reason. Like, that is actually why we show up on race day is so that we can try to see what we have in the tank and, and if our training worked and then go back home and reiterate and see if we can get better for next time. Yeah, that would definitely help um, just to yeah, kind of take your focus off of, you know, something that might be causing negative and focus on the little things that are around you and just the joy of being outside and actually riding and racing your bike or running or whatever it is that you're doing. Um, yeah, like your mantras yeah. and then like, what am I doing right right now? Or, or what can I take away from this right now that is really cool? Like, sometimes it's hard in the moment whenever you're really tired and everything hurts, but to be like, yeah, like, this is so cool. I signed up for this thing. I worked hard to be here. I traveled here. There's all these other people around me instead of saying like, oh, this sucks. And again, that's a, that's a practice. It takes, you know, every single day in your training and other races help build you up so that the next time it happens, you'll be even stronger. Yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, this just builds on everything that, you know, the stuff that we've already been learning, you know, like you can have all the strength in the world, but if you're not mentally strong to get through a six or seven day stage race and, and pushing your body to those limits. And if you don't have that mental toughness too, you're just, 
you're not going to survive through them either. Okay, yeah, we have another question from Aaron. Over the course of a six or seven day stage race, most people hit a low round day three or four, which assuming you've experienced or most people who they've they've done a stage race with us, they've experienced those lows around those days. Do you have any advice on how to plan for that or the emotional arc of a multi-day stage race? The, the, you know, the constant ups and downs and hitting that low and just getting yourself, especially, you know, you mentioned the weather. It's, you know, you wake up on day four and you're feeling that mental fatigue and you wake up and it's snowing or it's cold and rainy and just a way to pull yourself out of that. Yeah, it's using your explanatory style. Like you could even practice this before race day happens. Like you could write down all the things that could potentially happen. Like you mentioned the snow or like I wake up and I'm tired and everything hurts and I don't want to get out of bed or my heart rate is low and it won't go up anymore or my legs are sore. Like those things are probably all going to happen at some point. So having a script for yourself so that you can practice that and say, okay, like let's, we'll use the snow as an example. Oh my gosh, I'm exhausted. It's snowing. It's cold. Okay. Well I brought the right clothes Like, I'm excited that I'm going to get to go ride in the snow and it's only one or two days or five days, however long it is. And it might not be fun in the moment, but when it's over, it's going to be awesome. It's the type two fun. And I'm not the only one out here doing it. And maybe I can get other people excited about being out here, too, because other people are going to feel the same way that I feel. And also, you know, expecting yourself to feel tired. It happens to everybody. Even if you're winning the race, you are going to have some days where you're exhausted. And it's going back to having your mantras, having these scripts for things that are going wrong, your explanatory style, and practicing these things. Because if you're training properly, you're going to have days where you don't want to get on your bike, or you're going to have days where the weather is bad. And that's such a great opportunity to practice for race day and to also like see where your mind goes whenever this happens. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, working these events over over the last decade and I mean, as Aaron pointed out, you do see a lot of people that hit that mental fatigue wall, you know, day three, day four, and just trying to figure out how to pull yourself through. Yeah, definitely, you know, waking up and trying to change your perspective on things and just the way you word it when you're walking out or getting out of your tent or out of the hotel or wherever you're coming from, definitely it's going to help change your mood. Just getting to that start line. Uh, it's like, again, it's just like practicing that before race day happens. Cause if it happens on race day and you haven't done any of the work leading up to it, that's going to be really hard to conjure up anything to help you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Kristen has a question. Any tips for working through a fear after a crash where you were injured? Absolutely. That's an amazing question. And most of us have experienced this. So number one, it's starting small. It's not going back to that spot that you crashed and saying, okay, now I got to ride this thing that I crashed on. It's backing it up many, many steps. And we'll just use a drop as an example, because it's a really easy or a rock garden as a really easy example. Don't go back and ride the big rock garden. Go back and ride a rock garden where you feel like 90% confident and then do that over and over, like even on one ride, ride that section over and over and over until you realize like, okay, I got this section. And then do something just like a little bit harder. And this this is what builds that credible self-talk around the thing that you're trying to do. Because if you just go back and try and do that big thing where you failed, it's going to be really hard to say, I got this whenever last time you didn't got this. So doing really small progressions Even if you're just learning technical riding, that's going to help build confidence so that when you get back to that bigger thing that you crashed on or that thing that you're afraid of, you'll know that you've done all the work to get to that point. 
Another thing to do is vicarious experience. So somebody that you see yourself very similar to an ability level, going with them and riding it with them. Because if you see them do it and you see yourself about the same as them, then you'll believe that you can do it too. And technical riding is so incredibly mental. So I think it's important to, again, ride with people that are similar to you. Because if you see people who are way better than you doing it, you're going to be like, oh, I, I can't do that. I'm, I'm not like, I'm not as good as them. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Yeah. And Aaron just posted a good comment. I don't know if all of these are reading and you can probably lead to this too, is the toughest stages are always the most memorable stages. So those stages that you really dig deep and talk yourself through them and everything like that, those are the ones you're going to remember more than the ones that were it was just a fun day out there riding. Yeah, it was great, but you didn't have to dig as deep. But where those ones that you really have to dig deep, you're always going to look back on those ones and have those memories. Yeah, like the work is a reward. And like the, those times, like that's a great thing people could write down and, and put like put that in your race bag on those days where you're like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to go today or it's going to be so hard. Be like, no, like I'm going to have an adventure. I'm, this is something I'm going to remember. I'm going to have awesome pictures. I'm going to have great stories to tell. And the next time this happens, it's going to be so much easier for me because I've already done this once. That's why rainy races aren't a big deal to me anymore because I've done it so many times. I know that, yeah, like I might get cold, but who cares? It's going to be fun. Yeah. I, I need to put this practice in just for those rainy days to go out on, on, on wet routes. Those, 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 those are my mental struggles. So I have to, to change my mindset when it comes to those on rainy days. Um, something I would do with roots is like change your tires. Like that's something that I've, I I go to Squamish a lot and I'm trying to up level there. And instead of running your cross country tires, run like a really sticky tire compound and wear pads and do all those things so that you can get the confidence to go over those things and then slowly build back up again whenever you change your tires, but it'll help you like not look at the roots and be like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to (laughs) die. I do get that feeling every once in a while. Yeah, so do I, so. <laughs> Another quick question is, so if somebody struggles to do this, get into the flow of doing this mental training side, is it something where you say, you think that, you know, if they started out in every morning waking up and, you know, you talked about your, you know, writing down three positive notes or whatever for yourself on, on a daily basis, do you find, is there a time of day? Like, is it something if you wake, were to wake up first thing in the morning or is it just as you go out throughout your day and just notice a few things or is it something you should start your day with and just, you know, even if you just pick one positive thing to start your day with? I think if it's a gratitude practice, something that you're thankful for, doing it in the beginning of the day is, is good. I mean, the, the best answer is whenever you'll actually do it. Like if you're not going to do it in the beginning of the day, pick a time of day when you will. But I think with the confidence building, it's better to do it at the end of the day because you're asking yourself, what are my wins of the day? And then it gives you the chance to reflect back on your day. And chances are, if you know you're going to be writing that down every single day, you're going to be paying more attention for it throughout the day. And you're going to start scanning for the things that you're doing right instead of the things that are not going well. Okay. I don't see any more questions on the chat wall. Oh, here we go. Motivation to train and race, never a problem. Time away from family to train and race, feel guilty. Got to the point of doing half of my hours on Swift, so I'm home. Demanding job, looked after my parents and coached soccer. How do you balance everything? I mean, being a new mom and everything, you you can probably relate to this now a little bit too. Yeah, I wish I had a, a true answer for you on this because I haven't ever been away from my son yet, and I will, uh, that, that time will come. In terms of training, 
Yeah, like I actually just did an article for Vela News about mom guilt, but it's it, it goes to like moms and dads being away from your family. And I think that like it's different for every single person, the amount that works for your family for you to be, you know, training or racing. But like if you're saying I'm going to commit to one race or three races or however many races per year and the whole family works as a team to support you, that's okay. And I, I think that like, from what I do is I say, I'm setting an example for my kid of what it looks like to work hard, what it looks like to be committed to something, because he's going to remember that. And he will remember if I'm never around too. So I think that, again, like having the right like thing that works for your family. But what I say to myself whenever I'm leaving for a ride and my son is reaching his arms out to me is I say, okay, yeah, he wants to spend time with me. But I need to do this for me because I need to be a whole person first so that I can be the best mom I can be. And I know that if I'm taking care of myself and I feel good about my accomplishments or like the things that I'm striving for or the a purpose apart from being a parent, I'm going to be an even better mom. So that's what I tell myself. I haven't actually experienced going away for a race yet, so I can't truly speak to that. But that's what I'm practicing now. Okay, maybe we'll, we'll have our next Zoom call after you've had to go away from your son for your first race and see how what, what your feelings are at that point. Yeah, we have another question from Shauna now. Um, what do you say to yourself if someone around you in the race makes a negative comment directed towards you? Honestly, I kind of, I don't outwardly laugh at it, but I inwardly laugh at it because I know it has nothing to do with me. It's them either, if they're saying it at me or you know, directed at me, it's probably them trying to take out something on me. Or if they're just like complaining about the race, I'll try and help them be more positive by saying, well, this is my perspective on it. But if someone's just grumbling, I just say, well, they haven't done the work that I have. Um, and sometimes I feel sad that they, you know, are are being negative. But it's, it's like, if you go on YouTube, and you see all the thumbs down, thumbs down on your videos, you could be like, Oh, my gosh, look at all the thumbs downs, like, maybe I suck. Maybe this is no good. Or you could just say, yeah, th this isn't about me. So that's what I try to do. But negative energy is something that is kind of infectious. So I think that that's why it's important to be able to tune them out and to tune into yourself and the things that you're saying to yourself and not what that person's saying to you. Yeah, I think that's a great way to look at things. You, know, you just have to focus on you and not worry about what everybody else is feeling around you. I hope you guys enjoyed that. It was really fun to give that talk. I love speaking. It's one of my favorite things to do. And I can't wait to be able to do it in front of a live audience at some point really soon. And if you're interested in enrolling for the Moxie and Grit Mindset Academy, you can do that at sonyalooney.com or at moxieandgrit.com. That's M-O-X-Y and grit.com. I know that you're going to get so much value. We have a 30-day money-back guarantee if you don't find value in it. And I am just so stoked to be a part of your journey. And speaking of journeys, I'm with you on this journey of personal growth, adventure, and our mission to be better every day. Bye.